This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A festivus for the rest of us. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's... The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and Joe, you know what day it is? Uh, what day? Any, any, no clue? Really? Friday? After all this time? Yes. It's my f- birthday, Joe! God, I thought that's why you had on your nice shirt. You know, birthdays are not only a time for remembering if you're an actual friend, they're a time for gifts. Good thing, because today we're talking about generosity, like how Joe is going to generously take me out to dinner later. Who will be here to talk about it? The man who makes Scrooge look like Kris Kringle, OG. Our doctor friend, who's very generous with the mayo when he's making sandwiches, Doc G. And a woman whose generosity knows no bounds when it comes to buying herself stuff off Instagram ads, our writer, Paulette Perhatch. But that's not all, because later I'll swoop in with my trivia question. And now, a guy who gives of himself generously three times a week, and not just in his pole dancing class, it's Joe Salcihai. Don't try it, folks, or you might pull something. Happens to the best of us. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Stretch Out First podcast. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and we got a show for you. We're talking generosity today, Doug, and I'm going to generously say happy birthday, my friend. Happy belated. I'm, I I noticed it like three minutes after you did. So there we go. Yeah, that doesn't. That was such a lame save. It's it's save nonetheless. You know who's actually going to save us? This other guy across our card table, Mister OG's going to save us, aren't you, buddy? I love being the savior. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, I will be the savior today, and uh, kind of like always, actually, but or today. He's got it. He's Better. he's bringing it. Also here to save the show, Paulette Perhatch. Tell us. I'm trying. You're, you're bringing your best work. You're all stretched out, ready to go. Always. Also, finally, Mr. Uh, Doc G is here to save us. Tell us you're bringing your best stuff today. I think I'm the one who needs to be saved. <laughs> we have all these saviors here, so I'm going to be the damsel in distress. I we think. got the one person here that needs to be saved. How's things going over at Earn and Invest, my friend? Ah, things are going well. We are just trucking along, having those next level conversations, not the how, but the why. It's been going really well. Yeah, we start you off here and then you uh, graduate up to the Earn and Invest podcast. Well, we've got uh, Doc G here. We got Paulette. We got OG. We got Doug. Let's get this party started. Oh, wait a minute. We can't get it started yet. You know why, Paulette? You have to go pee pee. (laughs) <laughs> that too but this is what we're going to do while i go pee pee listen to this this episode is sponsored by state farm you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget well look no further than state farm 
State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I didn't mean to pee pee all over our ads, but uh, but there it is. <laughs> no? Can't, can't run with that one? I figured out why... Uh... We're slowing down in ad revenue. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not the only one who needs saving. No, yes. Oh, boy. This show's going to need saving if we don't move. Now we can go. Let's do it. The piece today that I was reading, which brought up uh, this whole idea of today's podcast, and I think not a moment too soon as we get into the fourth quarter, generally a time when people think about giving sadly. I know working with some nonprofits, we should think about giving all year long, but people don't. They generally think about it here as we close in on the end of 2022. This is from a blog called One Frugal Girl, and the piece is generosity, no act of kindness is too small. I'm not going to really talk about this piece. I'll link to it in the show notes. I want to talk more about what she talks about, which is the struggle to be generous. I struggle with generosity when I was younger. Paula, do you struggle with, have you struggled with generosity? Well, I was actually thinking about how I feel like this is one aspect of being a spender that is positive is I think spenders tend to be more generous, right? Like we have to take care of ourselves and put our own oxygen masks off on first, but I'm really trying to get up to that 10%. Um, definitely not there yet, but I see it in my family. Like, especially my sister is like very generous. But yeah, sometimes you get scared and you know you should give more, but like if you don't if you're not organized enough to know how much you can give, I think that's where I've been before. And then I'll be like, "Oh, never mind, I can't do that monthly donation. I need to stop now." You know, I think it gives you like a great goal to earn more. You know, that's interesting, Paula, cuz as you were talking, I'm thinking about a friend of Cheryl's who is just generous to a fault to the point that I mean, she's always giving us stuff. She's giving us and giving us and giving us. And I feel like it kind of feeds her shopping addiction, right? That she's like, oh, oh this is shot fired for- in my direction. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't for me. This is for Cheryl, right? This is for my other friend. Like she's always doing it so much that frankly, even Cheryl feels guilty when she doesn't like bring some big gift back to this particular friend who will remain nameless. Yeah, like this woman was like, I find it painful to be generous. I'm like, or like to spend money. But I'm like, but what about the dopamine? All that delicious <laughs> dopamine coming your way. It doesn't matter who it's for. Doc G, when you were younger, did you find uh, it a struggle with, uh, had you had a struggle with generosity? Only in the sense that I, as Paulette was talking about, was not a big spender on anything. So I wasn't used to spending money. You were so the opposite. It didn't, come na- it didn't come naturally for me, but- I think we also have to remember there's lots of ways to be generous. You can be generous with your time. You can be generous with your attention. There are lots of ways. So for instance, as a medical student and a resident, it was really easy for me to volunteer my time as a physician, whereas it was very uncomfortable to spend money on anything because I wasn't used to doing it. Well, I love that idea and I want to get back to it, but specifically in this piece, one frugal girl, she's talking about money. And I remember when I was, when I was young, I had so I had so much of a struggle just making ends meet. I'm like, can't afford to be generous. Yeah. I mean, it certainly doesn't feel like that, right? When you're trying to build up your fuel 
right? To have enough money to power your life. You don't want to start thinking about degrading that fuel right away or siphoning it off and putting it in other places. Oh, gee, have you had a problem being uh, generous uh, earlier in life now that you're 110? I feel feel like when I ask that question, I'm asking, hey, grandpa. Way back when. (laughs) I think that it's always been, in terms of like charitable giving, has certainly always been uh, something that we've done. I do think that if you if you can't give away 5% of your income when you make 50 grand, you sure as heck can't give away 5% when you make 500. And this mostly happens with savings, but it's like, well, I can't, I, I can't afford to put money away now because I only make X, but as soon as I make Y, then I'll certainly be able to. And it's like, no, you won't. You, gotta, you have to build that, that muscle, that habit to begin with, but it doesn't have to be financial. You know, you're talking about like, trying to make sure that your your needs were taken care of, you know, and we've all been through different stages in our uh, in our lives like that where maybe you wanted to but there just wasn't enough money left at the end of the month so to speak. So there's other ways to give of your talent as opposed to money, you know, you can volunteer, you can take on a project that somebody else can't do, you know, that sort of stuff. So there's Lots of different ways from a generosity standpoint. Well, I love these. You and you and Doc G both want to jump into uh, let's be generous with our time. We'll get back to I want to get back to that later, but not anymore. No, I would rather give money than time. You would, really? Absolutely. Yeah, because you can't get time back. That I think is the ultimate demonstration of your commitment to something. If you're willing to invest your time in it, which is very finite, I think that's a demonstration of exactly how committed you are to the thing that you're doing. Because the more money you make, you can just be like, well, I'll just, you know, here's a check for, you know, yeah. like we saw, we, I went to a football game and they, you know, they have all the, the big alumni donors or whatever. And they had the people down, you know, on the, in the center field, center field. I went to a football game and they had uh, 10 pins and down on center field, the guy they had him on a, the, <laughs> down on the red line near the goal unit. Yes, yeah, exactly. And he made a goal with the basket. Um, <laughs> Anyways, they, you know, they had some family that wrote a check for whatever, 15 million bucks. And I guarantee that was their limit of their donation. They weren't interested in going and doing the thing that was associated with the school that they were providing the money for, whatever it was, right? They're like, time is limited, but I've got this big bucket of money and I can always make more. And you started this whole thing by saying you'd much rather give money than time. So that gives us a really good indication of your level of commitment. Is that what you're saying? Is there a $15 million <laughs> gift at the end of You'll this? You'll notice your Christmas gift is always money. Yeah. Uh, your birthday gift always has a check inside of it. You're never you're like, making can, me crafts. Can, can, we, can we just go golfing instead? I'm like, nah, just here's, here's money. Uh, just why don't you go golfing? I'll give you the 89 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll throw in the golf cart. I think. I don't know. I mean, I think as you get older, I think you recognize that you run out of time eventually. So, And this is interesting, OG, because we had a guest on recently who was talking about, you know, a lot of us default to money. And uh, I guess we're going to have this discussion whether I want to have it now or not. But the, but but we we default to money where the organization's probably better off with your time. Like as an example, this gentleman gave this example of, you know, giving a couple hundred bucks when you're an expert in social media. And if you're an expert in social media, you're probably way better than the people that are doing their Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. You know how that stuff yeah. works. You could give them just a little bit of time and they will get much more use out of it than a couple hundred dollars worth. That is a very real thing in an organization that's important to us and our family is it's run by, pe- no offense, it's run by people who have no business running things. You know what I mean? It's all like, oh, I've got all the time in the world so I can, to your point, figure out how to use social media or I'll figure out how to run the website. And it's like, no, get a website person. Let me mm. let me pay for a website person because that person's going to be way better than you know, somebody trying to figure out WordPress on the fly for this important thing. It would be better if you have the opportunity, if you're an expert in something, to do the expert thing that you're an expert in rather than being like, here's a check for five grand. You know, I I would argue, too, that it's probably better for your soul actually giving of your time. I mean, we're talking about, Paulette was talking about the dopamine hit of buying things. You know, there's a real sense of good feelings that comes with being generous with your time and physically going out and helping people. Anyone who's gone and gone to a soup kitchen 
or built a house for someone or volunteered their time will tell you that it's deeply gratifying. Like it's good for your soul in a way that I think giving money does not give you that same feeling. I think that's so true. Is it around, is it around compassion? Is it around gratitude? Paulette, what's the, what's the term we're looking for? Well, I remember from reading drive, you know, where he talked about how seeing the benefits of doing something will really help you kind of continue to put the effort in, you know? So if you actually see the person that you are helping, you know, rather than just seeing the amount come out of your, your bank account once a month, I think that that really helps you reflect and and connect on a human level, which is good for all of us. You know, she said that uh, she was stingy and attached and sticking with you, Paulette, you've the, as you mentioned, the opposite problem, right? Yeah. You get the dopamine hit, but still, is there a, a stinginess or an attachment when it comes to just, just realizing that I'm attached to this idea of buying stuff instead of this idea of generosity? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, when I say, oh, I can't afford to donate, it's like, well, you could afford to go out with your friends the other night. So I worked on a piece. I did a piece for McSweeney's. They do these lists and they kind of, you know, apply to two things. And mine was awful HGTV house hunters or one of the 2.6 million people living in refugee camps. And so the things were like, you know, I literally can't imagine how we'll all fit in here. And so um, how many people have to share this bathroom? And for that, I did a lot of research on refugees and you see the camps and you see the faces. And I was like, why am I not donating to the people who just have nothing? And so I just made it an automatic debit out of my bank account so that it would come out no matter what. And I didn't have to be like, I didn't have to have money left over from weekends with my friends to do that. It just came out and it was like, this is coming out whether you, whether you like it or not. You know, what's interesting, Paulette, as you're talking and you're talking about some of these numbers being thrown in, in our faces and the discomfort that we get, right? We get this huge discomfort. At least I do when I see mm-hmm. these, these numbers and to the point that you hear people say, Hey, this is uncomfortable. I, I really don't need this in front of me. Like there's gotta be mm-hmm. a better way yet. Doc G is the discomfort. Like if you're running one of these organizations, is making people feel uncomfortable? Is that is that a way to spur on donations? Is that is that a good thing? Or should we be listening to these people that say, uh, there's got to be a better way? You know, I, I think making people feel bad is kind of what the default is. But I think if you can get people passionate about what you're asking them to donate to, it's going to be the best way. And again, that gets into both money and time. I think if you can touch on the right emotional cords that connect them to what you're asking them to give their money or time to, it's going to work out much better. Cause, cause I'm thinking that if you pull on my heartstrings, I might give once, but if mm. you make it something I'm much more passionate about, it's I'm going to be around forever. Or make it part of your identity. Agreed. Uh, OG. You have to pull up a Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. Song slash video about the, uh, the pets or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the Jim Gaffigan bit about that? He was like, even the pipples, like this is a little heavy handed, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but people don't move unless you make them uncomfortable. That is sales. And even nonprofits are selling something. They're selling the idea of giving them money. And so you have to arouse some emotion that, you know, someone feels the need to, to do something about. And oftentimes that is, you know, sadness. Um, but I think there are other ways to do it, you know, and to really focus in on a, a singular person or maybe the benefits, but it's got to be something that, that hits you in the gut. Well, and I guess that's, that's my question. I want to start with the organization. I wanted to end here. Then if Paul let's write, oh gee, if Paul let's write, does that mean that we have to make it uncomfortable for ourselves? Like it has to be a part of our identity and we feel kind of bad if it's not. Yeah. Also, this if before Paulette's right, I just I don't. <laughs> There's no if. I don't really approve of that. Well, any sort of any sort of growth happens after the uncomfortableness. So if it's something that you want to be good at, you have to you have to be uncomfortable trying to learn to be good at it. You know, you don't walk into the gym and be like, "I want to get skinny and jacked," and then not work out, right? Like you have to do the you have to lift heavy stuff, and then you have to eat salad every day. And grilled chicken. And then you're like, well, this is uncomfortable because I'd rather eat a cheeseburger and fries and 
shakes from you know so, culverts. Oh, gee, I've been uncomfortable on golf courses for decades. When does the growth happen? Yes, because <laughs> I'm I'm nailing are, the discomfort. It is uncomfortable being on a golf course with you. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did see you jar one for birdie off the green, back to back with another guy. Yes. So that was uh, yes, that was, that was uh, a special pretty, moment. That was a pretty cool moment. And then I, you know, four putted or something, you know. Doc G, so. you think we got to make ourselves uncomfortable? So here's the thing about it. I think, unfortunately, this article goes about it wrong because it talks about the discomfort of generosity. And I think the reason why it talks about the discomfort of generosity is because, in a sense, the writer has it wrong. If you look at money as your overall goal in life, then it's always going to feel difficult or uncomfortable to give some of that away to people. On the other hand, if you take this idea that money is just a tool to do the things we want in life and start focusing on what's kind of meaningful and purposeful for us, then money becomes a tool to do those things. Now, I believe that generosity is part of our meaning and purpose for many people. And so you can find the things you're passionate about and get involved with them. And whether that's money or time, it becomes a lot easier to give of your money once you realize that that money is just a tool to do the things that are important to you. And Often giving becomes what's important to you. But let me defend this woman I don't know here for a second, <laughs> which is, I think that's the aha she has. I think that's why I like this piece is she begins with stinginess and she ends by going, hey, this should be a part of my identity. But I don't even think it should be giving for giving as part of your identity. I think part of your identity are what are those things that are important to you? So there are some people who realize that part of their passion and identity is tied to animals. So right then they are going to work at animal shelters and raise money for animal shelters. Yeah, and but do if those you're not born with that gene, how do you go about and get it? Which is exactly what I think we're talking about today. How do you go get it? Because I feel like the way she got it by going over these statistics right. and forcing herself into this uncomfortable place is See, hitting the nail on the head. See, I think it's backwards. I think what you do is you go figure out what's purposeful to you in life. And once you do that, finding what to give of your money and time to becomes really easy because you're like, oh, that thing's really important to me. Coming up in the second half of this discussion, we are going to chat about different ways to give. How do we give generously? How do we make it part of what we value? Uh, but we've got a very important segment before that because, man, this part of the show is getting hot. It is amazing. We have a year-long trivia challenge between Paulette OG and Len Penzo, who today, uh, Doc G, you're playing on behalf of Mr. Penzo. And uh, Doc, we've got some good news and some bad news there. You playing on behalf of Len. You want the good news first or the bad news? Always the bad first. Well, the bad news is like you Like a true are... doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me straight, Doc. The, the, the bad news is you're not in first place, but the good news is you have pulled to within half a point. Because OG, because of a tie earlier with Paulette, uh, has 13 and a half. Len has 13. And Paulette has made this a lot closer since she took over at the beginning of September. Uh, she's pulled up her score to nine and a half and only four out with a quarter to go. So this thing getting much, much closer. So those are the stakes. We're going to see who... It's going to come out. You haven't told me my good news. Well, I guess my good news is I'm getting closer. Your good news is you're close. Yes. Isn't that good news? Well, that's because I haven't substituted <laughs> in for Len for a while. That's why he's doing so well. Now we bring him back down. I know who, who, who people who are new to the show don't know this, but when Doc G's in the game, the question will be on a scale of one to four, what's the right number? And Doc G will guess 100,000, right? <laughs> 11. <laughs> I like, to, I like to keep things even here. It's generally the way that it goes. So OG licking his chops, so is Paulette. But you know what? Let's see what chop licking we should be doing. I don't know if that should be a thing. That's, but nope. Doug, on your, on your birthday, how about some trivia, man? I'd be happy to share some trivia on my birthday. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's time to crack open this trivia egg and see what's inside, which is an apt analogy because today is International Day of Eggs on my wacky calendar. You know, eggs are a national treasure in America and not just on days like Easter. There are over 280 million hens in the USA, no yolk, which is nearly one for every man, woman, and child. Thanks for laughing at that, Doc. Sounds like there's quite a production line in place to create exactly the number of eggs we'll consume every year. So, here's your question. 
If Joe were creating an egg-laying factory line and he wanted to only hire hens that laid the average number of eggs, what's the minimum quota of eggs each hen would need to lay per year to stay employed? I'll be back to peel off the answer to this trivia question in just a moment. Is this fourth grade math class? I didn't listen Jeez. to any of that. You're going to have to redo all of it. <laughs> you, you lost me completely. Something about the average number of eggs, 280 me. million hens. A chicken and... leaves San Francisco on a train going 50 miles an hour. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous oh trivia. We done. have only the sharpest minds on our show, don't we, Joe? <laughs> all right, do, do so. over. What, what's the question? So if Joe were creating an egg-laying factory line, and he only wanted to hire the hens that laid an average number of eggs. What's the minimum number of eggs each hen has to lay every year to keep her job? Is this just what's the average number of eggs a chicken lays per year? A hen, yes. yes. Well, there's a range. There's a range What's of, the minimum so of the range? What's the minimum? Like the minimum of just, the average? Like most <laughs> of us do the bare minimum at our jobs. The minimum to be considered average. Yes. There we, that's fine. Yes. We'll accept that. That's... That's not a thing either. Uh, apparently it is, according to uh, according to the industry experts, because they give us a range that the average number of... of the so average you want to know how of, many eggs does the average chicken lay? Yeah. I want to know year. if I were creating an egg-laying factory line. Um, <laughs> it doesn't... It's <laughs> irrelevant information. I don't even understand what that has to do with anything. That's the most important piece of information, OG. He's going to fire any eggs... Any, he's going to fire eggs. He's going to fire any hens yes. that don't lay the minimum number required to be average. So we want to be on the low side, is what you're saying, is you want the low uh, side of the average. Yeah. Sure. Average, average number of eggs a chicken lays. Got it. That'll work for our purposes, too. Or not. So who are we going to first, Joe? Uh, I, I thought OG was rolling. It's his turn. <laughs> oh, I have to go first? Yes. Because you're in the lead. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> because we love you, OG. We want you to go first. Okay. How many eggs does the average chicken lay per year? If I had any chickens, I would know the answer to this. Um, I feel like people who have chickens have a number of them, but always have eggs to give away. That must mean that they lay a crap load of eggs. I'm going to say 378. 378. Doc G, he's going with the number just greater than one a day. What are you thinking? So I've obviously never had chickens. I would never want to take care of them. I'm thinking it's a little less. So I'm thinking, does your average chicken lay at least one egg a day? I'm thinking they have off days occasionally. Right. I'm thinking that, you know, that this is not something that they do every day, that sometimes it's like a holy holidays, day. Holidays, holidays, their birthday. <laughs> exactly. They get PTO. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say for sure every other day. So I'm going to go somewhere in between. So for, forget about worrying about, you know, above or beyond or below or whatever. I'm going to say 150. 150. He goes a lot. Oh, wait, no, lower. no, no. I'm going to say 30,000. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, 150. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who are you thinking through this logically i feel like now that you've been on the show like 1800 times you're finally uh coming around it's not my inclination i just have to go against my inclination well paulette speaking of inclination what's your inclination well you got 150 and uh what's og's 365 all right so i just moved across the street from my childhood best friend and she has chickens and I texted her for some eggs, and she's like, well, the chickens are molting. And I was like, why did I even move here if I don't get unlimited egg supply One star. by living near you? Wait, did she just phone a friend in the middle of our trivia? No, she asked beforehand, not for trivia. Okay. She didn't ask just now. Certainly doesn't have access to the script ahead of time either. So Wow. Don't we all? Throwing OG? the accusations around. For the woman who's in some, last Someone place, is not confident in their guess. They can do it in chess and poker. I don't know mm -hmm. what I don't know what's happening behind the scenes here. Is that amazing? Uh, the the for people that don't know the allegations of cheating in chess. Like really? Well, I mean, all four spectators are pissed. And more more salacious <laughs> is how they're saying that the cheating happened. Do you not know this? 
It's crazy. Like one person is looking it up on a computer. There's another person sitting at another table with a device and they're like giving them some signals that only they will know. Well, they're giving them something. You, you, do you know how the signals are being received or allegedly by the person no. playing the game? No. There is a vibratory device inserted in their body that is remote oh, controlled. Oh, Lord. <laughs> a phrase I never wanted to hear from Doug ever. <laughs> And he's not chewing it. I like you know how you I mean. class that up. That was like the Mr. Peanut of phrases. Vibratory device. <laughs> Susan, what is this I found? Is this a vibratory device? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to get to church. <laughs> no, it's just for chess, Ma. <laughs> when they're squirming, it's not because of Queen to Rook 4. Right. It's like, <laughs> That's a whole different I got squirt. it. I got it. I got it. Check. I got it. Stop. Like, who's he yelling at? So we get a little happy with the buzzer. Okay. Okay. Right, this, I'm is gonna, gonna, this has gone off the rails. Yes. I need to win my trivia. Well, number one, I do not appreciate OG's I accusatory know. nature. We I all know. have access to the Your friend script. who lives across the street? I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> We all have access to Google, so if anyone wants to cheat, they can. So, molting. You had the opportunity to live in the middle of nowhere, OG. Yeah. Just saying. Um, so, uh, I think I'm going to go 300. 300, mm. she says. Like the all movie. right. We've got OG. we got Paulette. We've got Doc G all locked in at, uh, what's OG's? I keep forgetting. 385? Three something. It's going to be wrong. He, he's got us at 378. 378, we got uh, 150 from Doc G, and then 300 on the nose for Paulette. Or 30,000, whichever's less. Uh, <laughs> whichever's less. We'd love to tell you who's right, but we'll be right back. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to. Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads after trying out Monarch myself. I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country and I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Well, you know, it's the start of the fourth quarter when they start getting scrappy about this and OG scrapping away with his number. But you said you think you're wrong. What do you think you're high or low based on everybody came on low of you, OG? Lower than you? 
Doc had some fair points. You know, I didn't take into consideration days Memorial off, Day. vacation time, PTO, PTO. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, I mean, they're not robots, you know, I don't, I don't exactly know how chicken eggs are made, but I can guess. And, um, I don't know. That seems like a lot of work. So I probably should have counted, accounted for some days off. Doc G feeling pretty good based on, uh, that. Well, I'm figuring that I am within 10 times the right answer. So I probably better than usual on my guesses. That is true. And Paulette, you split the uprights. You didn't Chelsea Brennan anybody. Yeah, I know the 300 was like the first number that popped into my head. So I just did that one. Well, let's see who's got it, Doug. Hey there, stackers. I'm the exact right guy to bring you a trivia question. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. First, we should question the premise of today's question. Joe, starting an egg-laying production line? The dude would crack all sunny side up, just try him. But assuming he wanted to hire only hens that could meet the quota to be average, way to go, Joe, strive to be average. How many eggs would that mean they'd have to lay? The average hen lays on the top side, 325 eggs per year, but the quota to stay employed, making the bacon and not being toast, would be the bottom number of 300 eggs. Wait a minute. That's not even one a day. This sounds like an easy gig. Where do I sign up? But it also means Paulette, Google, I mean, Paulette is our winner. (laughs) 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 You can't script that. You cannot. I don't think you can script that. Hits it right on the number. The cheating accusation comes up. Paulette says, I'm not cheating. And then nails it. <laughs> I mean, if I were cheating, I would have been like 278. Right. 299. Exactly. The jury of her peers yes. has already incriminated her. Indicted Everybody her. knows that is fabulous. Congratulations, Paulette. Nice one. I'm feeling conflicted about it. I'm having trouble enjoying my win because OG is such a poopy pants. I think it's fantastic. The more he's a poopy pants, the more that means you're playing well, which is perfect for this. You now have 10 and a half and the plot thickens as we get into the fourth quarter here. Speaking of the fourth quarter, we're in the second half of this uh, game. So let's get the second half started. Today's second half is brought to you by Magnify Money. Doc G, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money? I don't know, Joe. Tell me. <laughs> you can do better than that. You can do so much better. How many the t- brick and the brick and the the products offered by brick and mortar <laughs> banks are nowhere near best God. in class, Joe. Yes. <laughs> why couldn't you have just said monkeys will fly out of my butt? Why why couldn't you have just said that? <laughs> I don't want to be too close to the truth. Right. Every time Doug presses a button, <laughs> monkey, mo- monkeys fly. Stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money. They're going to be like, Joe, that's our last read. We don't need you to do that anymore. But so many, so many ch- savings accounts, checking accounts, and uh, with interest rates now all over the place, I think it's a good time to reevaluate. Stackybenjamins.com slash magnify money. All right. We talked a lot about why this is important, what being more generous can add to your life. But Paulette, let's start with you. What do you do right now to add generosity to your plan? Do you start where Doc G ended the first half with what are my values or how do you begin? Yeah, I think, you know, we often feel so powerless against the bigger systems and just to be like, okay, well, I'm going to be part of the force that is shifting things in the direction I want it to go, right? So, you know, you can also do things. I'm, I'm a big proponent of doing scholarships. So one of my programs that I run, which is called A Very Important Meeting, it's uh, a meditation and free writing group for writers. We're payment optional, right? And then I also have my high ticket item where I do coaching. But I, I know that there are a lot of hurdles to get over, financial hurdles to be a writer. And I hate that about being a writer. And that's the one way that I support that is that I allow people to come for free if they need to, to that service. And then I also um, donate to two charities at this point. You can generously share your audience too. If you have an audience on social media, you can be retweeting, you can be a generous member of your community by helping individual people who you know achieve whatever they're trying to achieve. Doc G, you know, Paulette brings up 
a lot of good things. And as I think about it, there's so many places I want to be involved with, right? There's so much help out there that people need. How did you decide which ones get your help and which ones you got to not, not be able to help? We kind of do it this way. We sold a bunch of stocks that had crazy capital gains and well, we, we didn't sell them. We donated them to a donor advised fund. So we have a certain amount of money every year that we give to various charities. And sometimes there's something we're interested in, like with Doctors Without Borders or the ACLU or what have you for whatever that year. Um, but I'll tell you, I derive almost no pleasure out of that. What I really derive pleasure out about is when I give of myself to my community and the people around me. So being a doctor and then being a hospice doctor is really kind of cool because I know lots and lots of people who have family members who get sick and die. So I get phone calls all the time from friends and family saying, hey, what do I do in this situation? And that's a way I can kind of give of myself freely something that I'm an expert in. And I feel like I really impact people's lives. But the other thing that, that I've changed, which actually does give me a lot of joy, is, you know, I've just become a lot more thoughtful about being there for people randomly when they need it. The other day I was wandering down the street and some lady looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I'm lost. Can you help me get home? This was someone who looked like they're in their 70s probably had some dementia. And this was something that I was like trained to do. I'm a geriatrician. I'm a hospice doctor. I understand all about dementia. So I took 45 minutes with this person and helped them find their way home. To me, those things are so much more gratifying ever than giving away money was. And so I'll keep giving away money because it's something I have an abundance of. But I'm trying to be more thoughtful about giving of myself randomly. Like when you're on the street and someone drops stuff, do you stop and help them? Like, all these kind of little things, these little chances we have every day to help people. I'm trying to be more thoughtful about those. I grab something and run if it looks good. <laughs> Doc, what do you make of the uh, paying for everybody's Starbucks order? So again, I guess I'm not a huge fan of that because it, it actually becomes an obligation because someone pays for yours, then you have to pay for the person behind yours. I don't know if you're actually helping anyone. You're just passing the buck on to the next person. I've heard it's also a total pain in the ass for the staff. But I do like I do like this idea of randomly giving to people, especially if you can see someone obviously in need. Um, I think there's just something gratifying, and and this idea of giving and not expecting anything back. That's funny, Paula. To your point, uh, I've heard that too. But I've also heard people in our community talk about how it it really kind of sucks when the person working the drive-through or whatever you know place is the one who's kind of guilting you into doing it. You know, hmm. like it's nice to want to pay for the person behind you, but to guilt you into doing it is like, you know, we're up to seven people. Would you like to continue the trend? I know. I know. Or do you want to be no. the a-hole that stops this thing? Yeah. I'll be like, these are all people going to Starbucks. No one is like struggling that hard here. Right. Right. No Maybe that's like, like a side hustle for the Starbucks person. They're just keeping all that extra cash. Seven out of 10 children <laughs> in your community do not have a Frappuccino today. <laughs> we're gonna be okay here we're at starbucks Everyone calm down. i will remember you wouldn't it be better just I'm, I'm just thinking about that wouldn't it be better to just say here's uh 50 bucks could you give me 10 five dollar starbucks gift cards and just stack them up right here at the checkout window and the next 10 people that come through can grab one or or take it to the, the corner person. where there's probably someone standing there begging for food and let them buy a sandwich right or get their caffeine fix or give them a sandwich. <laughs> I think this is where we get in trouble. We're like, it's like, what about what is, oh, this feels good for me. As a Peace Corps volunteer, I can tell you that the I get to pat myself on the back, I get to feel good is a dangerous game. And, you know, they play it with donors. We put your name on the building. Like um, that anonymous episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, they totally played with that with like having your name on a building or saying anonymous or having your name on a list or having your name on a wall, right? Like, it's a tool that is used, but if you're like, I feel like a good person because I paid for the soccer mom behind me to get her Frappuccino today. It's like, let's take like a closer gander at the big picture. And, and like, I don't think that that's like, as you said, Doc G, like your values. I mean, it's a nice thing to do, but it's not like my values are I want to make Susan from, you know, Wild Oaks Acres smile today. And it's like really thinking about where you put your money and what it's buying. I mean, that's an age old question, right? Of, I mean, of, of charitable giving. It's been around since, you know, the very beginning of, are you giving truly for the benefit of those receiving or for yourself? And, and 
people will argue what should be the motivation. I don't think it's bad to play with that. I don't think it's bad to like play that up or I don't know, but we have to like, I think individually, like I understand why nonprofits use it as a tool. Yeah. What's the downside to the, to the charitable organization going, Hey, we'll put your name on this building. If you give us a check for 50 million, like play to that ego, right? Like they're trying to sell, sell their story and they're trying to get me to write a check right. for 50 million bucks. So they're like, what do you need, sir? It's mm. like, I would like my name in Boston Lights. Have you guys read like, The Soul of, course, of Money? right away. You know? Uh, the Soul of Money is a great book by a fundraiser. And she um, meets Mother Teresa. Like, she has an amazing story. But she kind of talks about, she's, she's talking to those million-dollar donors all the time. And it's, it's a very interesting book. I would recommend but I, I think some people get wrapped up in what the motivation should be for any kind of charitable giving, whether it's time or money or, or otherwise or expertise. Or, and, and my thought is, who cares? Whether you're getting a good feeling about it or not, the point is somebody is benefiting from it uh, in the end. And, and maybe it's you and the people, or if you're not getting those endorphins and you're not getting, I love watching Paulette die over there. She's dying to comment on this. <laughs> so I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> Just be torturous for her. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, whether you're getting a great feeling about it or not, the organization in need and then their recipients, they're getting something good out of it. So who cares what the motivation is? If it's truly altruistic okay, so or I, if it's just your only, own ego. My only point there is that if you buy the Starbucks for the person behind you and you say to yourself, check, I've been a good person this month. That's well, where I think then you're questioning the, the context of the charity because you because to your point, and I know that's just an example we're using, but to your point, then the context is Starbucks is already a place for people with some level of affluence. If you can afford a seven dollar mm-hmm. drink, you're not hurting. So arguably there's people there who shouldn't be buying the seven dollars. That's a different conversation. For some, reason, for some of <laughs> right. us, that's why you're hurting. That, that's Thank a you very whole much. Different <laughs> critique of whether or not where you feel applying your your charity is worthy. That's a whole different discussion than why are you doing that's the exact opposite. Doc G, that's the opposite of what you're talking about. I, yeah, I I lost the cord there, but I think that, um, if you're giving, if you're giving because of selfish reasons, if you're giving for selfish reasons, Doug's comment is who cares you're giving. I, I guess it also depends on the level, right? So I think if you're giving 50 million, who cares? I think if you're given seven bucks, I don't think it's doing much help for you or anyone else. It's but is it assu- assaging your sense of needing to do something? Maybe if, if, if you're giving seven bucks and you have seven versus you're giving 50 million, you have a 150 million, you know, or, 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 or a billion or whatever the number is. I mean, I don't think the number is the important part. Um, I do think there's there's a lot. I think for the organization, I mean, just to weigh in as well, that I think it's who cares on their part, play up whatever it takes. But I think internally, uh, I I totally agree with Paulette. I would I would wonder, am I doing this? Uh, like, what's my true? Why am I really giving? Is this really generosity, or is it just uh, I'm you know making myself feel good? By the way, another way to make yourself feel good, I saw on an Instagram reel the other day. This vibratory uh, device. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. And you give yourself the clicker, and you just keep hitting that thing. There was a woman who had somebody else get angry. There were two like groups of cars at the drive-through window that were coming in, and one woman thought that this other woman was was cutting in front of her. So the woman in front said, "I wanted to make it up to the person, so I when I got to the window." I told them, I said, you know, tell the people behind me I'm paying for theirs too, you know, because they clearly got angry. So then they got to the window and they paid for both of them. And then they waited to get both food orders because it's my food, damn it, I paid for it. And then they felt much better. They felt way better. (laughs) Good lesson there. Maybe not. (laughs) All right. OG, we heard from Doc G. We heard from Paulette. Uh, in In terms of giving, and deciding how you guys decide how to give with so many organizations that need your help. How do you decide what makes the cut? I think that the, um, I don't know who, who was on the show. This is a while ago around the fact that we give too much stuff early before we actually know what we care about. Do you remember that conversation? No, I don't, but I, but I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a conversation. It basically, it was like, we worry about this when we're really, 
when we're young and we don't really haven't really established what's super important to us yet. And so we kind of just have this shotgun approach of every PBS special is getting 25 bucks and oh. every, every Girl Scout that shows up is getting 25, you know, like everybody's just going to get 25 bucks because I don't know what's important to me versus saying, you know, I'm going to accumulate this money. I'm, I'll make it a donor advised fund. These are super easy to get into now. I'm going to give my donation, but I, I'm not exactly set yet on what I want this to have happen. And from a planning standpoint, we were talking about earlier about sometimes, you know, people who are in charge of things are not the people who should be in charge of it because sometimes just whoever volunteers. And if you're really good with money and if you're really good with donating money, then why would you also not consider just accumulating that donor advised fund so that you can make a really big impact on the thing that is important to you later? We give money to the things that are important to us now, but we also put a, a more money away in a donor advised fund, kind of like Doc was talking about, when, when we can, when it makes some financial sense. Paulette, like you were saying, you know, trying to like, where is it in it for me and where is it in it for the, you know, for the other people? It's like, yeah, they make these things available to us. So why would I not take advantage of it from a tax standpoint? But I think I'm going to do a better job investing that money than other people. So why not keep it invested? Let it compound for the next 30 years and then say, this is the thing that I really care about. And now I'm going to make a really big impact. So I think it's a little combo of all of those things. And then maybe you'll get your name on a building too. And then maybe, just maybe. Because it'll be enough. Or on a door anyway. It doesn't have to be on a building. It just like the honorary OG plastic chair in the fellowship hall or something. You know, you know as, as long as you're truly doing that, because I do know some people that say they're doing that, being a guy that, that because I think locally when it comes to the groups that I, that I work with, and I feel like there's people that have given us that answer. Oh, here's what I'm doing. Da 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 da. And it is bull. And it's yeah. BS because you don't want to do anything, and it's not really truthful. Oh yeah, I'm going to do a bunch later. No, you're not. You're not going to do crap later. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's exactly right. If you don't have the again, back to what I said earlier. If you can't donate five percent when you make fifty grand, you're not going to donate five percent when you make five hundred. It's just you read not that it. a lot in leadership books, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, like it called me out for sure. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, last year, this is a great example. We always do, have always done client gifts at the end of the year. You know, the ubiquitous tin of cookies or something. And uh, we got a, one piece of feedback two years ago from somebody that said, yeah, you can take me off this list. I really, you know, I, I shouldn't be eating all this candy anyway at the holidays. And I don't, it's not really, doesn't just take, but they didn't say who it was. No, they didn't say take me off. They said, you know, remove me, but it didn't identify who wanted to be removed. But it was interesting because it was really the first piece of honest feedback that we had gotten about that. Everybody says, ah, oh, thanks for the chocolates. Appreciate it. You know, eh, whatever. Chocolates. Eh. So last year, we just said, yeah, we're not going to do that at all. We're going to take the money and find something that's even more time sensitive. And it just so happened that last year around the holiday time was there was a bunch of tornadoes in the Kentucky, yeah. uh, Tennessee area, if you yeah. remember, kind of destroyed a couple of towns right around the, uh, I think maybe Thanksgiving time or something right after and so we just we just used that money for that. It was kind of sort of the same. I I didn't get any better enjoyment out of not sending a gift to someone. I think it was better used to to provide resources for those communities in that very moment that needed it. It's funny. I like this thoughts of the thought of we're efficient with money in, in other places being efficient as well, you know, here a gift for somebody that doesn't need a gift versus people that can use it. Great time of year also to think about that, as is the rest of the year, but definitely as we're going into giving mode for a lot of us, uh, great timing on this topic. Yeah. Doug, I'm going to donate your birthday gift. Wait, what? Wait. To charity. I've just decided we're going we're gonna to send it to charity. Which was name. absolutely nothing. I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give nothing to charity instead of giving nothing to you. But I'm going to do it in your <laughs> name. <laughs> so Please accept this gift of nothing. Doug from, is from neighbor Doug. He's gonna get a, a hate mail in the mail. Like, what? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Doug is giving nothing to research on this very important topic. Yes, send right? it to the human fund. It's also a good idea, right? Give give things to the things that are important to you, but are diametrically opposed to the people around you in their name. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> giving to the Democratic National Party in the name of Rush Limbaugh for years. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly like that. That's, that's, uh, that's so evil genius. God rest uh, his soul. Let's talk about 
what's going on where all of you are. We'll start with the guy across the table from me. OG, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Well, I was going to, I'm going to Doug's party. I mean, is nobody else going? Nobody else going? I wasn't invited. Neither so. was he. He's uh, just going to show up. I'm showing up <laughs> yeah, regardless. That's, that's the key there. Paulette, what's happening with you this fine uh, first full weekend of October? Well, uh, we just finished up that. Second full weekend in October. Second full weekend in October. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I can't do the math. Um, did my webinar on going viral. That was super fun. The six principles that drive messages to stick, which is just research I love by Chip and Dan Heath. And working with my powerhouse writers about pitching and getting clients and doing a lot of, um, you know, just the Your Personal Editor program, which is where I take people through 10 weeks of coaching and editing. And that's always really, really rewarding. Lots of great stories. And um, it's been awesome. Yeah. We're about to have you back on the show uh, with uh, Carmine Gallo to talk more about some of the, a few of the basics as many as we have time for in an episode mm-hmm. about getting people on that right path. But if people want to join in, where do they find you? Uh, powerhousewriters.com. There it is. Doc G, thanks for hanging out with us again, brother. I'm always excited to hang out on a Friday episode of the Stacking Benjamins, one of my favorite places to be. And by the way, I just did the math. This is the third full weekend in, in October. <laughs> <laughs> Swing twice and best. Doc G, what's going on at Earn and Invest? So in Earn and Invest, we just last week did a episode at Campfire Southwest that was in Julian, California, and that will be coming out soon where we talk about what is Camp Fi and why ever would you go there? Uh, I know why you go there because it's amazing. We can cut to that chase, but there's probably, you're probably going to go a little deeper than that. I would imagine. Maybe we'll see. (laughs) Maybe. Well, the big thing I'm doing that I'm sure we're all doing is uh, of course, kicking it off with Doug's birthday. As OG mentioned, I'm sure it's what we're all doing. It's what we're doing right now. Let's all raise our glass of water and cheers to <laughs> Mr. Doug. Get water. Getting a year older and maybe a year wiser. Who knows? Can't get any funnier. But, uh, Doug, you got it from here, man. On behalf of your birthday, tell us this. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from today's piece. Giving more doesn't have to be a net negative. You actually receive a ton as you give more. Second, Your expertise is probably far more valuable to a charitable organization than any monetary donation you might make. TLDR, don't be stingy with your time. But the big lesson? Being generous should be a part of every healthy financial life. What's the point of stacking Benjamins if you can't share some with causes you care about? Or, Joe, spend it on your old pal for his birthday. Or did you already forget again? Thanks to Doc G for joining us today. His book, Taking Stock, a hospice doctor's advice on financial independence, building wealth, and living a regret-free life is available anywhere you buy books for others. Sadly, no, the audio version does not feature me. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Brooke Miller juggles the production of this show, handles the show notes, and creates our amazing newsletter, The 201. Tina Eichenberg handles the video version of this show over on YouTube, and Gertrude Smith and Autumn Seahai are our social media mavens. Hey, not only should you not take advice from these Ebenezers, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor.
Doug, you and I were talking earlier about uh, what our after show topic should be, and you had a good one today. Oh, about time when I thought I was doing something charitable and it went a little sideways? <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I think we've all done that, right? Where we thought we were we were giving and things were... Yeah, but yes. my story is embarrassing and probably three levels I don't even recognize, but it's embarrassing because... I had no, like the reason I was doing it wasn't because I, I was wanting to help that charitable thing. It was because I, it was a silent auction and I wanted that item really badly. And, mm. uh, some you know, of the battles you'll see at these charitable silent auctions are, I feel like they're going to not stay silent for long. Oh. Like there's sometimes I thought you got two. I, I was at one, one time and two people are standing right over the thing. Yeah. And the second one person writes something, their person, and don't get me wrong. The charitable people are standing right behind them drooling, right? right. Cause it's the best yeah. thing for them. Oh. More, more. Right. Yeah. More. And, and if you're one of those really kind of hoity toity fancy ones, you've got to act like you're going to step over to the side and have cocktails. But the whole time you're faking a conversation with somebody, you're looking over to the side at who's walking up to my piece of paper. And that's what happened to me. And I waited until the, the, the thing was going to close, all the bids were going to close, and a person was walking down the way, flipping the pages, the paper over, so you couldn't write anymore. And so right before she got to the thing I wanted, I ran over there and wrote her name in and watched her flip it over. And I'm like, yes, I got it. And then they didn't read off my name. They read off somebody else's name. And I realized that those bastages went and flipped the paper over and wrote their name in and flipped it back over. They snuck their name in somehow. Really wanted to hate those people and actually ended up liking them later. So what 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 was the thing? A vibratory device? <laughs> I almost said it and I thought, no, Paul, that'll give me a bad look if I say that. I can't say that. Let's just say his chess game has gone up 100%. <laughs> his chess lessons. I am now a grandmaster, if you know what I mean. <laughs> rook four, rook four. <laughs> yes. Nobody knows what the hell you're doing that for in the grocery store. <laughs> Yelling about. I had, sadly, an embarrassing charitable moment that was, this one is is bad. And luckily, the charity came out only $1 shy of what was going to happen because we went to this event, Cheryl and I with friends and it was a wine tasting, but wine tasting very soon became wine drinking, which <gasps> then turned into like wine guzzling. And then they put, uh, they put out the silent auction. And so I'm like, Oh, these all look great. These are yeah. fantastic. And I bid a dollar over the bid on two vacations, one vacation to a nice resort area out West to Lake Tahoe in this gorgeous uh, spot. And then the other one was like a uh, Mexican Riviera vacation, which was, I mean, both of these were just fantastic. So I get a call the next morning cause we left that I'd won both of them. <laughs> and I had bid $1 over on two different ones thinking I might win one. So then I have this absolutely horrible, horrible conversation, this very embarrassing conversation about, I can't, I can't do both of these. And Couldn't they just call the next person in line and not even tell them? Luckily, Doc, luckily I found out from the woman, she was so nice. She was so nice. And I even still feel bad telling this story. And I don't want to encourage <laughs> people to do what I did. Just bid on one. Don't bid on two. Don't do what I did. But here was the truth of it, Doc. She goes, no problem. I got a person that bid $1 less than you. One person that bid $2 less. You're not the first person to do this. You won't be the last. We're going to call the next person and say, you're in luck. You're in <laughs> luck. You got it. And then she called me back. Congratulations. You won. Yes. She called me I back. I want my dollar. She called me like back my 15 minutes later and said, it's been won by the next person. So, yeah. Good. It was nice of her to call you back. Just horrible, though. Oh, my. She was like, we've dealt with other schmucks like other you before. <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> horrible. All right, uh, Paulette, OG, uh, Doc, any uh, charitable giving? Uh, I have one that's, it's. I was kind of cheating because it's not my embarrassment, but um, I had a friend who was like sure. kind of going through a rough patch. And he was sitting on the sidewalk and someone gave him a dollar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. He hadn't shaved in a week. So did he take it? 
Did he say give anything? money to people randomly, like let them ask you or have Hashtag a sign. side hustle. Just because <laughs> someone hasn't washed their hair in a week doesn't mean they're homeless. So that explains money. the first dollar. What about the other 50 he collected over the next few hours? Oh my God, I laughed so hard when I heard that story. <laughs> How horrifying if I'm just sitting there and somebody walks up and goes, you look like you need this. Yeah, here's some money just from how you look. Bless you, brother. Nightmare. Yeah, hang in there. OG, Doc G? The G's? The G's. Mm-hmm. I, I think mine is going to be a lot like uh, yours, Joe, where where you just, uh, I've been to many silent auctions not knowing the crowd, and I'm like, huh, trip to Belize, five grand. And then, you know, the, the retail value is, you know, whatever, 1150 or something. And you're like, oh, I just bought that. (laughs) I remember winning so much stuff at a, um, safari club thing or whatever it was that I couldn't go on all this stuff. Not because I didn't like, I just didn't have time. They're like, when do you want to go do your musky trip? I'm like, I I, I don't know. (laughs) Just, just, just go, just have somebody else go take some, take somebody else. Okay. I'm sure some needy polo ponies now have new stables they can live in <laughs> your money went to good use OG. it did it did well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that i want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law eric who is such a giving person eric will do just anything for you and as a marine you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.